Lately I've been talking about women on the social media, TikTok and Instagram, simply because it performs a little bit better. <sighs> I think some of the views, let's take the last video, for example, I said, women don't care how much you do if you're not doing it well. So don't do more, do better. My wife and I came up with the idea for this video watching some other YouTube video about business saying um, don't do more, do better because we're working on our business right now and we're trying to think what we should do and we were thinking okay well maybe instead of trying to do more things trying to have or create more income streams for the business we just do better at what we're already doing and try to grow that and so we were thinking okay well why don't we just say that on our social media and I was like well that's not going to get any views don't do more do better and I was like we have to put a spin on this somehow and we're like okay well what if we say you know women uh, we we we, uh, we incorporate women in, in the relationship between women and men and it's kind of like in general because there's a huge divide maybe between men and women right now and I don't think it's uh, like as big of a divide uh, personally because I mean we still have moms, we still have dads, we still have brothers and sisters and friends and co-workers and everything and it doesn't seem to disrupt that life but on media and when it comes to politics, social media, um, there's a lot of feminist stuff, there's a lot of men's rights stuff, there's a lot of back and forth between the sexes. Things aren't fair, things are fair, you know, this isn't, you know, equal, whatever it may be. We were just trying to play to that and we got a lot of negative comments back um i was folding laundry in the video saying you know women kind of kind of going off this thing is you know like the stay at home not the stay at home dad but you know the dad that's doing all this shit and the and the woman doesn't appreciate it i was trying to play off that by doing some laundry and i'm saying you know women don't care how much you do you just got to do it better and i was trying to play off that idea but in the video my wife is there taking care of the kid so I'm doing laundry, she's taking care of the kid. Things are pretty equal there. In the business, you know, I create the content, but she does most of the actual outreach and the things that actually make the money for us, she does. I just make the content and we split it that way because that's how it works. With the kid, yeah, she has to feed him. She has to, you know, she does take the primary care giving role. But now that he's getting older, I'm able to do a little bit more. And we kind of split things up in the household. So dishes, chores, cleaning, all that type of stuff. We, we pretty much split it up because we know it's going to take a team to make the household work. It's going to take a team to make the business work. It's going to take a team to raise this kid. Um, that's just how it is. I don't, think, I don't think the back and forth between men and women right now is, is helping anything. I think, if anything, it's, it's hurting. It's kind of like politics, Republicans and Democrats. You know, all you see is them fighting for policy and fighting to get their way and fighting for their group to receive the benefits or their group to receive funding. When really, a lot of us just have the same issues. And instead of fighting about it, we could just come up with solutions that kind of help everybody, maybe. Instead of, I mean, and even if one solution doesn't help everybody, you know, the Democrats' way doesn't help the Republicans, or the Republicans' way doesn't help the Democrats, or the men's way doesn't help the women, or the women's way doesn't help the men, even if we simply just got rid of the fighting and the back and forth, 
and turn it into communication and you know maybe some problem solving i'm sure you know that system could get a lot more efficient and more solutions could be found to the problems that everybody is facing if we just took the energy out of fighting each other because we're if we're spending half the time fighting that's half the time we're losing to find real solutions so yeah we, we made the video about well i and i'm currently making more videos about women in the relationship between women and men because it just seems what the audience you know kind of wants to hear and i'm not trying to mislead anybody um because no um doing more isn't going to get you farther with women but if you can do something really you know well that is going to get you a lot farther you know if you're if you're a dad you run a business uh, I, i'm a dad i run a business you know you take care of the house you, you know you have you know i take care of the dogs i take care of the house itself you know um i take care of her i take care of myself i do a lot of things but it wouldn't matter if I did all those things subpar and I was shitty at all of them. Now, I'm not saying I'm great at all of them either. I'm, I definitely have a lot of um, room for improvement. But it's not just about the more things you can do as a man. It's about doing what you're doing as good as you could possibly do it. As well as well as you could possibly do it. Just doing it well. Um, I think I came into her, you know, I came to my wife the other night saying... You know, I, I want to be the best at something. And I was like, do you do you have this feeling? Do women have this feeling of wanting to be, like, just great at something? And she was like, no. Um, but I also think that's probably one of the things that women admire about men the most. And not just that women admire about men, but men admire about people. Children, you know, we look up, you know, children look up at uh, superheroes like, damn, you know, I want to be, you know, have big muscles. I want to fly around and I want to save the woman. You know, I want to save the day. I want to help people out. A superhero is super because he's great, or they're great, but, you know, more or less, he's great at something. Um, being a hero, saving people, but oftentimes their personal lives suck. Um, but that doesn't matter because they're great at something. And I think that's kind of just the strategy of, you know, do you be a jack-of-all-trades or do you become specialized? And I think oftentimes being specialized, you know, there's an argument for both. You know, why not just do one thing? You know, why not be good at everything? But I think it just comes down to what you're trying to do with your life. And no matter how specialized you want to be, no matter how good you want to be at something, um, you're going to have to be good at other things. So if you want to be a good business owner, it's not like, you're, you're, like you have a, you know, a car wash. You're just so good at washing cars, you have to be good at the logistics. You have to be good at the finances or hire a team that's good. So any, any one entity, any one skill is comprised of a whole lot of skills. So in the video where I'm talking about you have to do more to please your wife, <laughs> you probably do because you can't just be great at folding laundry. No matter how good you are at folding laundry, well, I mean, you can only get but so damn good at folding laundry, you, you have to do other things. And that falls underneath kind of like another hierarchy of things that you need to be good at. So maybe folding laundry is part of this larger group of folding laundry, doing dishes, which is really just part of this larger group of taking care of the house so it's clean and we can, and it functions, which is another subset of taking care of the house, taking care of your family. You know, and under family, there's a subset of, you know, wife, kid, yourself, you know, whoever's in your household, whoever's in your family, and then you zoom out and there's another, you know, you have to take care of um, yourself. You have to take care of your business. So, but all that kind of leads up to um, 
the pinnacle or the, the highest self that you can be. You have to be good at all the things that are going to make you good at being you. And for me, that just happens to be, you know, my taking care of my wife and my kid. And that doesn't mean that they don't take care of me. That just means I have to be the best at taking care of them and listening to them and being compassionate, but also being tough when I need to be tough. I'm doing what I think is right in the moment. I need to be taking care of the house. I need to be doing chores. I need to be changing diapers. I need to be running a business. Because that's those are all the things that it's going to take to be the best version of myself possible. And a woman's going to appreciate that. Anyone's going to appreciate that. But just in the video, I was like, well, what was going to get more views if I say women aren't going to appreciate or no one's going to appreciate? Women don't listen or nobody's going to listen. Obviously, women. You know, you, ju you just say that because it's the hot topic right now. And it gets a little bit more attention. But if you if you listen past kind of like the, the clickbait or the soundbait, um, it's, uh, it's something that you can apply to your life. You know, you want to be good at everything that in, that makes your life your life. And that might be two or three things. That might be five or six things. I do think the less things you have, the better. And that's why I try to practice a little bit of minimalism. Um, you know, the items that I have, the things that I do. Because the less things that you do, the more energy you have to do the things that you do do. So if, you, if, you, if you're doing seven things, you cut out one thing, you have more energy for the other six things, meaning you have a better chance of being good at those things. And I do believe that. But I do also believe that you kind of want to be rounded. It can't just be one thing. Because if it's just one thing, you're probably going to end up living a life that's you know just not that satisfying. Because it's one-dimensional. And life really isn't one-dimensional. I think even as one-dimensional as you can get, um, you still, so like if you're just great at business and, and all your life is business, you still might need to work out. You still might, might need to take care of your diet. You still might need social relationships so that you don't crumble as a human being, um, therefore enabling, not enabling you to take care of your business. So I think anything that you choose to do, you're going to need a, a couple of things. So do more. But only do as much as you can possibly do without sacrificing doing the job well. It's kind of like um, the law of diminishing returns. You, you find out much, you find out how much you can do, and then as soon as you're doing more than you can do, and everything that you do starts to deteriorate in quality, and you might start to deteriorate in uh, mental clarity and emotional stability and you know spiritual grounding, then you taper it back. But you want to do as much as you can possibly do. As long as you're doing everything that you're doing well. And that's also not to say, you know, that you're going to do everything well 100% of the time. You're not. You're going to fail. That's part of it. But do as much as you can. Um, and then once you're doing as much as you can, do better. Or do better first at what you are doing. And then if you can do more, do more. And see if you can do it better than you're doing it then. It's just about finding the balance. And we got a lot of negative comments on that video. Like almost all the comments were negative. And most of the comments we get on our content is pretty positive. And it really made me stop and think. Because I was like, well, are we going down the right path here? Are we, are we saying something that we don't believe in? And no, we, we're not saying something we don't believe in. I mean, we might be playing to you know, get a little bit more attention than if we were just to say it blandly. And I think that's, that's the reason we did it. My wife and I were on the same page. My wife and I were on the same page about most things. You know, like one of the comments was, you know, blink twice if he's holding you hostage or something like that. And I mean, I get it. It's, it's kind of funny. But at the same time, you have to realize, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said anything like that if I, 
if my wife wasn't backing me on it because if 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 I was to say something like that and take it the way it was and mean it the way it was taken then that means my relate my relationship with my wife wouldn't have isn't successful and that's not something I'm willing to risk I'm not willing to risk you know a TikTok video or some attention at the expense of my actual beliefs, my values, and my relationship with my wife, and you know my ability to be a father. Because if I'm telling I'm telling that to my my kid, my son, you know, as he grows a little bit older, you know, a woman's not going to care how much you're doing if you're not doing it well. Well, son, that's true. Um, she's not going to care if you're juggling twenty things. You know, any clown can juggle, but <laughs> it takes. Um, I don't know, I guess it takes some skill to do something well. And you might have to juggle a couple of things, and that's going to be life. But don't just keep juggling things and juggling things and switching things, you know, switching, you know, directions just to gain the, well, want to gain the attention of women, but to gain the attention of anyone or just because you can't focus on one thing. It's less about the women and more about just being able to focus and concentrate and be good at what you're doing, doing a job well. And then the conversation happens to be about women, yeah, women's going to respect you a lot more if you can do something well rather than doing, you know, 10 things just shitty. That's how it is. That's what I would tell my son. I mean, that's, that's what I found to be true, and I think most people find that to be true. Um, you're going to have to figure out if that's true for you. My son's going to figure out how, you know, if that's true for him, but I think if I can just kind of just tell him, so maybe he might not have to fumble with it so much, or he just has a little bit more direction, sure, and then his mom's probably going to back that up, because it is the same thing, it's not just, that's another thing, you know, I say women, but it's really, it really applies to men and women, I mean, I wouldn't, not, not to say I wouldn't appreciate my wife, but I don't appreciate my wife, because she can do all the things that she can, that, that she does, but I appreciate for doing a handful of things very well, she's a great wife, she's a great mother and I say those things first not to be sexist or you know traditional or old school but like do you know what it takes to be a good mother <laughs> do you know what it takes to be a good wife it takes a lot more than just oh I take care of the house and I take care of my kid and I cook my husband meals it's um kindness it's compassion it's humor it's intelligence it's instinct it's um It's authenticity. It's being honest. It's being open. It's being vulnerable. It's being real. It's um, it's so much more. I mean, being a mother. I think people take offense when when they say you know they just want you know men just want women to be good mothers or, or good housewives or, or good wives just in general. But I mean, some men may think of it, you know, like, I just want my three meals and I, you know, I want to go to work and go hang out with the boys and, you know, you take care of Junior here and you're a good wife and that's good. Now, that, that might be what some people think, but I think, really, if you look at it, it takes a lot to be a mom. First of all, you have to carry a kid for nine months. You don't just, to get, you, you don't just get to be a mom. You're, you change. And the way my, my wife has dealt with that change, with the, with the mental change, with the physical change, with the emotional change, with the responsibilities, while, all the while us starting a new business, starting, um, well, getting two rescue dogs, getting a new house, um, figuring her life out because she made a career change. 
by, by you know, she sacrificed quite a bit to do that. And it's not that I just appreciate for being a, a mother or a wife or just a woman. It's who she is and the handful of things that she's had to do, given the handful of things she's had to go through while doing it. And on my end, it, you know, there's, it's, it mirrors that, but I wasn't popping anything out um, of my belly. You know, I wasn't going through that physical pain. I wasn't going through that. I was going through a mental change, but not, you know, my chemistry wasn't changing. My, my, my body wasn't changing like that. I wasn't having to deal with all that. You know, I don't, I'm not the one that has to wake up two, three times out of the night to go feed a kid. Like, that deserves a lot of respect. And I think that speaks not just to her being a good mother or a good wife, but a great person. Because only great people can go through something like that and then still hold their head high and still maintain who they are, still have integrity, still keep a level head most of the time. And, and then on top of that, still cook dinner once in a while. And most of the time, you know, I cook too. I like to cook. But, you know, she also likes to cook. But, I mean, if I can get a meal on top of that, like, damn, like, what else could I ask for? Well, it's not just her being a mother and a wife, but those are two things that make her... You know, two huge parts of who she is. Just like for me, being a husband and a father are two huge parts of who I am. Uh, you know, I make content. We run a business, you know, but we have hobbies. You know, we like being outdoors and stuff. But fundamentally, I'm a husband and I'm a father. Like, I, I, can, say I'm, I can say I'm whatever I want to say I am. But at the end of the day, I am actually a husband. I am married. I have a ring on my finger. I, it's, it's legal. You know, I'm actually a father. I, my kids in the next room taking a nap there's no negating the fact that i am those things so you know we i think that's another thing we can think that we're different than what we are think you know we want to be something but at the end of the day if you can actually look at what you actually are and just be good at that i think that's going to lead you to a lot more um, improvement than trying to be something that you aren't right now or just trying to be something else other than what you are. Just be good at what you are and accept the fact that you are what you are. And if you want to change what you are, accept the fact that you might not be able to, like I'm not going to shake the fact that I'm a father unless I get divorced, which is going to be a huge character hit to me. It's going to, it's going to throw me out of alignment with my values. I'd rather you know, struggle as much as I need to to make that relationship work like my parents did because... You know, they came over the other day, and it was their 26th uh, anniversary. And they came over, they brought burgers. We didn't know it was their anniversary, but they came over, brought burgers, and we're all eating there with the kid. The kid's eating a burger. Um, and it was beautiful. Um, but they had to grind for that. They, they had to go through some, some predicaments. They, they had to struggle for that. But was it worth it? I would say, yeah. And they're happier now than they've ever been, and that's what I want. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that that happens. I can't not be a father. There's no way I cannot be a father at this point. So I might as well be the best damn father I can be. Now, I can choose whether to own a business or not. I can drop the business. I can go get a job. I can do something. But if I want to be a bit, if I want to have a business, if I want to run a business, if I want to go, you know, be something, do something else, I have to make sure that I'm being the best father and best husband still. And I think part of that means having a way to support my family. And I'd rather ha do that through a business than working a job, for sure. But I have to remind myself that that's not the priority. The priority is the family. I have a business. I have a job because I have a family and I need to support them. Because 
if money wasn't an, an issue, I'd just spend time with my family, you know, and maybe make a little music and go hiking and shit. That's what I would be doing. I wouldn't be running a business. I'm only running a business because of my family, and I think a lot of men need to remember that. Um, why are you making the money? Are you, it's either because you're trying to impress women. Um, traditionally, I would say it's either because you're trying to impress women, increase your chances of finding a mate, and increase your chances of a woman liking you, you know, and, and signaling to her that you can make money, you can support a family. I, I did it the other way around. I got married before I started. Well, I started a business and then got married, but the business wasn't making any money until after I got married, until real responsibility kicked in, and I thought, damn. It's not just me here, you know, messing around, being all willy-nilly with things. Like, I have a wife. I have a kid on the way. I have a second kid on the way. Things need to get in motion. And that was the fire, you know, that got lit under my ass to make things happen. But it was only because I had responsibilities. And I found something that I truly loved. And I found who I was. And I became who I was. That enabled me to have the motivation, even when I don't have motivation, to... Do the things I need to do. Support my family. Have a business. And everything else is just... Well, everything else is just everything else. And I think at the end of the day, things are pretty simple. And it's us that make them complicated. Women versus men. Men versus women. You know, I'm not listening to you. She's not listening to me. Everybody has problems. Well, let's just work together. Hmm? Let's just find out the solution. Let's let's kind of stop the. I mean, like in our relationship, like my wife and I can argue all we want, and we do sometimes. But at the end of it, you know, there's only so much arguing you can do before, you know, it, you know. Sometimes you just argue because you need to get the emotions out, and that's fine. Sometimes you need to do that. There, are, you know, are there healthier ways? You know, sometimes, sometimes an argument is the healthiest way. I think as long as you remain, you you keep. A certain amount of respect intact for the person you're arguing with. And I think in that way, if, you, if you're able to do that, then the argument can be productive. You can get those emotions out. You can say shit you need to say. You can say shit that might be on the edge and you can even cross the line a little bit. As long as you reel it back in and then realize, okay, well, okay, now that I got my emotions out, let's actually figure this out. But we haven't got there yet on a big scale. Now, my wife and I have gotten there. And I think in a lot of relationships you get there because... I think at the end of the day, when you're dealing, you know, however, how, however much of a feminist you are or a men's rights activist you are, when you go to deal with the opposite sex, you have to deal with them. There's a goal. There's something. You're a father. You're a son. You're, um, you're a husband. You're a wife. You're a, a sister. You're a brother. Whatever, whatever you are, you have to still make those inter-sex relationships work. You're not going to be dealing with men all day. You're not going to be dealing with women all day. And... I think if we can forget about what the media is doing and, and these these anecdotal examples of, you know, extreme people just with their extreme views causing a lot of chaos and ruckus, um, you know, we, we kind of bring that energy back to, ha to the home, really, traditionally, bring it back to the home and, and say, well, how do, I, how do I want to act first? You know, get your house in order. How do I want to act? And then how do I want to act with my spouse? And then how do we want to act bringing up our kids? And then I think if you can do that, then we can set up the next generation to do a little bit better than us and maybe stop fighting so much and come up with some more solutions to what we're actually fighting about and, and why we're so hurt and why we don't feel like we're being understood or, or listened to. But that starts in the house. It doesn't start, 
you know, going out on the news. It doesn't start on social media voicing your opinion. It doesn't start there. It starts within yourself and then it starts in your family and then your community and then you can work up from there. But a lot of us just want to skip from even figuring out what it is in us that's making us unhappy or that we're not satisfied with and just blurting it out on, on social media or blurting it out at the person that kind of really is a mirror to us. You know, we see what we don't like and then we get mad at that person. And I'm not saying there's not injustice. I'm not saying that, you know, shit doesn't happen on both sides for men and women. Or anywhere you happen to be in between. But look, at the end of the day, you know, complaining about it isn't going to help. Figuring out what the problem is is going to help. Figure out what the problem is and, and why you think it's a problem. And then come up with a solution for yourself that doesn't involve everybody else because you can't control everybody else. You can control what you think. You can control what you feel and you can control what you do and you can control what you say. So start there where you can control things. And then once you got that in line and you're never going to have it fully in line, but once you have it good enough, then you go to your partner, then you go to the person you're dating, you go to your spouse, you go to your brother, your sister, your husband, your, your wife, your, your father, your, your mother, um, you go to other people, you know, that are family, that are close to you, your friends, and then you start speaking about it there. You start, okay, well, what's your problem? How do you feel? What, you know, what are you going through? And then if they can listen to you, you know, you tell them what you're going through. And then maybe you find a, a solution so that whatever you're all going through, you can all get through it together in a way that is more or less peaceful. And cut out all the friction. But we don't do that. We want, uh, we've become quite emotional, especially, you know, it's, it's stereotypical for women to be emotional, but I think men have gotten pretty emotional too. And that's not, we're, we're human, we need to feel our emotions, be intact with our emotions, but we also, it's not just a free-for-all, you know, feel your emotions, express your emotions. No, it's, it's, it's not that simple, you know. Express your emotions, feel your emotions, but in, you know, a correct way, the correct way, and the correct way being in a way that, one, doesn't hurt anyone else. So if you're hurt, you don't go out and just hurt other people. If you're angry, you don't go out and make other people angry. If you're sad, you don't go out and make other people sad. You address why you're feeling that, and then you find ways to kind of integrate that into your life and to kind of guide it in some sort of direction. And the best way to do that is to find some sort of guiding purpose or a meaning and then fulfilling that but we don't do that and I mean it's not like I blame anyone for not doing that life is hard but if you want to get anywhere you're gonna have to put your emotions not on hold not to the side but you're just gonna have to deal with them in a way that benefits you like but not just benefits you in the way of you get instant gratification and you know you feel good you know, it's not, it's not about turning bad emotion into good emotion. It's, it's about experiencing that bad emotion alongside the good emotion. And, you know, wherever you fall, you know, wherever your emotions are, you know, whatever's pulling you forward, whatever's pulling you back, you, you keep inching forward. Or I guess no matter how much is pulling you back, you keep inching forward towards a better vision or some sort of vision that's better than, than what is right now. And it is that simple. 
I mean, can I do about can I do something about what's going on? Yes or no? No? Okay. Need to take it down a notch. Can I do something at this level? No? Okay. Take it down a notch. Eventually, you're going to get down to the notch, the level where you can actually do something. And that's where you start to do something. It's easier to just to start inside because that's the level. That's, that's ground zero. That's where we should all probably be starting. But if you feel like you're just kind of grasping and nothing's happening and you're just chaotic or you're overthinking or you're getting anxious or you're getting depressed, um, know that that's normal. Know that that happens. And find ways of just coping with it, dealing with it. Not coping with it in an unhealthy way, but just dealing with it. That's, that's what you're going to have to do. Where can you start? I really think there's a huge shift in trying to take the power away from the individual and the and the household you know because i mean traditionally what is it like villages you know tribes communities and i think over time not to say that there's any huge conspiracy but you know people with money people with power the government maybe um, groups um, it's better if they have the power to make decisions in their best interest for their group, you know? Like, I, I don't think it's so, you know, there's a cabal or there's um, the Illuminati or anything. I think it's just people with interests that align, that have more power, have more money than other people that aren't as um, solid on their beliefs, aren't as together, aren't don't have as much money, don't have any maybe cultural ties. You know, like... You got this whole Jewish conversation going on about, uh, you know, Jews have all the money, Jews uh, control everything. And, you know, I, I, not knowing too much about it, I just Googled, you know, why do Jews have all the money? You know, why are half of the billionaires or half of the millionaires Jewish? Um, you know, I looked it up. There's, there's maybe 15 or 16 black billionaires and like half the billionaires out there are Jewish. So I'm like, okay, well, why is that? And the, the thing that, that popped up was... Um, Jews had it rough. You know, nobody wanted to do business with the Jews, so the Jews said, well, we're going to do business for ourselves. Um, we're going to place an emphasis on education. We're going to place emphasis on having our own businesses. We're going to place emphasis on being independent. So, you know, if you're not going to let us run businesses or you're not going to do business with us, you, well, fuck it, we'll do it for ourselves. And over generations and generations and generations, well, if that's ingrained in your culture then yeah, you'll, you'll probably have a successful business. Yeah, you'll, you'll probably have a couple million dollars because it's been bred in you. And, and for black people, I mean, look, neither here nor there. I mean, we, shit, we, we got brought to this country. Um, so whatever tribes, whatever community, whatever wealth, whatever, whatever we had back there, once we got taken and planted in here, we had to start from scratch. Start from scratch with a whole bunch of trauma. You know, from, from whatever happened. And, you know, that kind of trickles down through the generations. And no, there's not, in the black community, there's not a huge importance on education. There's not a huge importance on, on you know, having your own business. And I think, you know, within some families, 
within some communities, that might be, you know, the case, but on a widespread, you know, cultural basis, it's not really. I think if anything, that's the American spirit, you know, do it for yourself, be independent, have a business, you know, be successful despite where you came from. That's kind of the American story. And I mean, I think Jewish people also have religion. You know, black people might, black people have Christianity now. And, you know, I don't know about, you know, black people in actual Africa, but, you know, when they came to America, they kind of, you know, it's, it's Christianity now. And that's not our traditional religion, but if, if you've ever watched YouTube videos on, you know, more Orthodox Jewish communities, um, and even, even not so Orthodox Jewish communities, the amount of studying they do just for their religion, not even just, you know, school, but their religion, um, their traditions, their, their rituals, everything like that, it's very strong. We don't have something like that. And, and when I say we, I mean, well, I like to think of myself just as another human, but if we're going to, black people, but we don't really have anything like that, anything that's really ours. And so you can't really get mad. I mean, you, you can get mad, but I mean, it makes sense why the Jewish have, have, have some, to have some money, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's been hard for us to rebuild or to build um, in the current landscape because we don't have anything that roots us. We're not, we're not really attached to the generation before us because, well, we have, a lot of, uh, we have a lot of stuff going on in the past generation. You know, our moms and dads, their moms and dads, their moms and dads. Um, the, uh, I guess the atrocities that were committed in, um, you know, during slavery, um, there were atrocities committed during the Holocaust too, but apparently they were able to still keep their culture. They were still able to maintain some sort of um, connection to their, I guess, to their ancestors and their religion and just their overall culture. And so with that being intact and ours not being intact, I mean, I don't think you can really get mad. That just is what it is. And if you want to do something about it, then it's not going to be something, you know, we just ask for reparations and, you know, now we have, you know, millions of dollars and now we're wealthy. It's going to take generations, just like it took them generations. I, don't, I, think, I think that's one of the things, you know, maybe the Black Lives Matter and, and I think minorities especially black people just get maybe not confused about but just maybe that that is the thing that maybe stops us from making some progress we want it now and i think that's great you know like they wanted civil rights you know back then and now we have rights that's great i think you know we should be worried about now but now that we're okay more or less you know more or less we're okay is not great i think still 85% of black kids aren't proficient at reading in writing, that's a huge issue. If you, the same thing is probably not true for Jewish kids, um, but we can go back to culture and you know everything like that, and and kind of pin it on that. But if we if we want, you know, our kids to be able to read and write, you know, minorities, you know, Hispanics, blacks, whatever, even whites. Even, you know, for the, for the Jewish kids that can't read and write, which I, know, I don't know, I don't know the percentages, or the Asians that can't read and write, don't know the percentages there either. That culture also places more priority on education. So I think, one, it's a huge cultural thing. It's, it's how, how deep your, your, your generations go and how connected they are and how much of the wisdom from the last generation you were able to bring to this generation, and not just wisdom, but how much wealth, how, how many resources were you able to bring from the last generation. 
and not just money, but like I said, wisdom, um, culture, because that ties people together. And it's going to be a lot easier to make progress as a team, as a, as a group of people than it is going to be to just do it by yourself. So, I mean, that's one thing. But back to my point, if, if, if you want to make progress, it doesn't start. It doesn't start. It, well, it starts right now. You have to do something right now, but you can't have your mind on right now. Like Martin Luther King, I mean, I mean, I don't know the man, obviously, but he probably wasn't thinking, you know, this shit's going to happen. I'm going to, I want this right now and it's going to happen right now. Now he was acting like it was going to happen right now. He was, he was pushing his agenda like it was going to happen now. But now is, is really when it pays off because now, you know, black people have a decent playing field. We have decent opportunities. And I think if we keep thinking like we're in the past, like we don't have these opportunities, like things are up against us, that's life. You know, everybody deals with that. Okay, let's stop thinking about that and, and think about how we're going to move forward. But that's the point, moving forward, not just right now, but how can we make it better for the next generation and then the generation after that and then the generation after that. And I don't, you know, I, I use the Jewish and the black thing as an example because that's kind of what's going on right now and kind of to tie back into the men versus women thing you know, <laughs> from the beginning of the episode. But We need to accept our problems, accept what needs to be worked on, and then work on it, but know that the work really isn't going to pay off until the next generation and the generation after that. And I think we have to come at things from that perspective. You know, mitigate the fighting and use our resources, use our time, use our energy wisely. And even if we don't see the effects, you know, our kids will and our grandkids and our great-great-grandkids and, you know, 100, 200, 300, 400 years down the line, they see the effects of it. Not just blacks and Jews, not just whites and blacks, not just men and women, but us humans as a whole. So let's start working on that.